0: Thanks for listening to the Journey podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like him.
1: Well, good morning. I'm Bobby Smith, the lead pastor here, and I want to say thanks for joining under these circumstances. And I'm telling you, I don't care whether we're sitting in a uh, you know a, a physical location or sitting in our houses, we can worship Jesus, and that was amazing worship this morning. And so we're going to continue in that. I just want you to think about a staggering thought this morning because uh, it's kind of overwhelming to me right now that millions of people all across the world are celebrating today what starts Holy Week. Uh, if, if you don't know much about Holy Week, it's fine, but it, it starts today with uh, the, the the celebration, the feast, uh, um, and, and the thought of Jesus coming in on Palm Sunday, kind of riding in on a donkey that uh, fulfilled all the prophecies of the Old Testament, and they were laying palm branches down, and they were shouting things like, Hosanna, 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 blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I thought about this all week, because a week later, just, just a few days later, their perspective had changed, and instead of shouting Hosanna, they started shouting, crucify him is all the perspective they had because they were thinking finite. They were thinking kind of kind of minimalistic. They were thinking in just the way their minds could think. But God was thinking big picture. They were thinking king that was going to rule the world. And Jesus was thinking or God was thinking that he was sending his son Jesus to die on a cross that he could rule in our hearts. And so it was all a matter of perspective. And I was just thinking all week long about our perspective. How should it be this week and with all that's going on in the world that we're living in. Uh, with all the different reports we're getting, it would be easy to have the wrong perspective. And I really want to encourage our church, if you're watching online, uh, if you're getting and listening to this message, that make this about Holy Week. Make this about what it needs to be about, that Jesus came to the world. He suffered and died on the cross. And third day, he rose from the grave. That's the gospel. And because of that, he redeemed our souls. He redeemed us to the God in heaven, that's our perspective. And maybe you don't know much about it, let me give you an app that you can go to, it's called Easter Now, you can get it on all the different uh, ways, you know, Google, you can get it on Apple, you can go to, and it, it'll line you up and lead you through this thing called Holy Week. Now if you joined us last week, we started this series, called From the Mount. And we looked at uh, the blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are all the different things, and that they'll inherit the earth, and this is the blessing and how true happiness comes. And we're gonna pick right up, because the next part, and it's not by chance, that Jesus all of a sudden says, when you live the right lifestyle, when you have the right perspective, Something happens in our lives. We become people. He uses the analogy or the illustration of of salt and light. And this is what he says in in, uh, Matthew chapter five. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness or its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except for to be thrown out and trampled under men's feet. And we did a series a couple months ago called Lights. And I talked specifically about what he's talking about there. It was actually used as a weed killer to kill the weeds. So it was, was worthless other than throwing on the ground. But salt has several purposes. There's a reason he uses this illustration. Salt was used as a, as, a, as a preservative to kill bacteria and slow down the spoiling process in meats and vegetables. It made me think we should have that same type of preserve, preserving fact or type of influence in the world that we live in. Salt is used also to add flavor. Uh, French fries from McDonald's are much better with a little bit of salt on them. When we dip those salty French fries in that vanilla milkshake, it makes the saltiness so much better. And we should add flavor to the world that that we live in. Salt also creates thirst. Do you ever eat something salty? You almost have to have something directly following. And we should be, as followers of Jesus, we should create a thirst within one another. Um, It's interesting because a few months ago, I had a chance, we were down in uh, Ormond Beach and we went to this restaurant and they had a fire pit and was outside and there was all kinds of picnic tables. And as we were sitting there uh, around that that fire pit, um, the fire was going and we were eating some, um, you know, some, appetizers or we were doing something and all of a sudden this couple older couple quite a bit older than uh, Gina gina myself and they came and sat down with us and then they said they were from michigan and they started talking and then it eventually came around and they asked so what do you do for a living and i was like "Well, here this is the this is the conversation stopper right here and i said i, I pastor a church and all of a sudden you would have thought like um jesus was there himself and flipped on the switch there was so much so much desire to find out about spiritual things. It's almost like almost like that, that God had been priming them. And I remember telling them because they were talking about they were raised Catholic Catholic, and I was raised Catholic and I talked about a particular passive scripture in Romans that led me down the road and it says, you know, there's a better way and it's not an, it's not something really new, it's something old, but, but it was talking about going through Jesus Christ and I started sharing that and I, it was almost like they were thirsty to hear more and the rest of the conversation that night, we talked a lot about spiritual things and so it should create a thirst and it also prevents infection from setting in. Do you ever get a sore throat? You drink salt water, you gargle salt water and you do that because... It it somehow or another soothes, it's it's an antiseptic. And that's what we should be doing in the world that we live in. We should be the antiseptic to the sores of the world. And then Jesus says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Well, light has a lot of different factors too. There's a lot of uh, functions to it. Light dispels darkness. I shared a couple uh, months ago that I put these little uh, lights that are go, go down my driveway, but I have these big lights, these big floodlights on the side of my house that are motion activated, and, and I live out in the country, and it is pitch, when I say it's pitch black, and the other morning, I walked outside. I was getting ready to go turkey hunting, and I walked outside the garage, and the motion light didn't come on. I can hear coyotes off in the distance, and I couldn't wait for that light to come on because I didn't know what was going on. Like I didn't know what was out there, and all of a sudden, that light came in, and darkness... Flee! our lives should have that influence wherever we are that dispels darkness somehow or another light also reveals doesn't it the light of jesus reveals the darkness in our lives and a lot of times we understand where we've gone wrong because of that light that jesus shines in our life and light shows the way out of darkness so if we're in a dark place it's that flashlight and we should be leading we should be leading people Through the darkness, the darkness of this time, we should be the positive on social media. We should be the one that's leading people out of the darkness of disease and sickness and infection into the glorious light of Jesus and what he can do for our lives. And this is what it comes down to. Salt and light influence everything they come in contact with. And I believe we should be the same way. We should influence the world. In- influence means this let me give you a definition by the capacity to have an effect on the character the development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself and here it is to change to change and that's what Jesus says in the next verse he literally tells us this is what happens when we're salt in light he says nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house in the same way in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the things that we don't do in the light, like the prayer and the fasting, and, and how we do giving. You know, how we those are be done in secret. But he says, I have certain things I want you to do because I want other people to see it. I want you to be leading people with light and salt. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were down in Hilton Head and. Um, we got to this certain beach. We started our sabbatical six weeks ago at this certain beach where we initially got the vision for Journey Community Church. And one of the things that happened, I was walking down the beach and I saw these signs about not turning flashlights on at night. Um, sea turtles, uh, what uh, apparently go to, toward a flashlight, and so they don't want you, you know, leading sea turtles uh, away from where their, their their safety area is. And and, and I'm reminded of a, a story that I was reading about. a a, a woman and and all of a sudden this one beach area, all these turtles were born. And there was the city lights that were off in the distance and these turtles started going to that light and they started being drawn to that light and literally it was gonna be the destruction of hundreds if not thousands of these sea turtles. And one lady was sitting there and she said, you know something, we can do something. So they grabbed their phones and they grabbed flashlights and they went down down by the water and they shined those flashlights. And all of a sudden the turtles started turning and started going toward that light was gonna take, where it was gonna take them to safety. And it made me think about it. I was, I was watching, you know, just walking on the beach at Hilton Head. Like that's what God's called us to do to influence the world we live in. There's a world of people that are going to false lights, that are going to false things, they're going to places that are, de- you know, that are destructive. And God's called us to be the true light that leads them to safety and sometimes amazing life. And I'm gonna tell you, that's my prayer. And I know this may sound a little arrogant, but that's my prayer that we would take what God has given us to be salt and light as a privilege. It would, it would be a prayer that as a church that we strive to be God's resource in our community. I'm so proud of all the things and not that it's been publicized very much, but, but, but how our staff has helped other churches be light in the world. We, you know, when they don't have online services, they're not able to uh, do, do, do you know, giving platforms that they were able to help a few of the churches. That's what God's called us to do, to be a light, to be influence in the world. Today, what I wanna do is I wanna look at the Apostle Peter. When I think about the Apostle Peter, I think about a person of great influence. And we see really what it means to be a man or a woman of influence. And when the story goes, the disciples were hanging out and a woman had died. And any time of death, any time a person dies, it's a tragedy. But this was a person that the disciples and the people around her didn't think that that was the proper time. Like It wasn't the time for her to die. And so what I want you to do, I want you to write down, if you have a Bible, I'm gonna ask you to open your Bible to Acts chapter nine, verse 32. And I want you to write some notes and I want you to write this right here because this is really important. You influence, I influence others by doing what I do, what you do best. Whatever it is that God's called you to do, that's, that's how we have the greatest influence. Acts chapter nine, verse 32. Now as Peter went here and there among them, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydia. There he found a man named Ananias, bedridden for eight years who was paralyzed and peter said to him and nice jesus christ heals you rise rise and make your bed and immediately he rose up and all the residents of lydia and sharon saw him and they turned to the lord now there was in joppa a disciple named tabitha which translated mean meant dorcas she was full of good works and acts of charity in those days she became ill and died and when they had washed her, they had laid her in the upper room. They, they had prepared her for death. She was dead, they were getting ready to put the burial cloths and put her in the tomb. And since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, and it says, please come without delay. Now, now think about this, why did they call Peter? Of all the people, of all the all the different people, why Peter? You know why? Because they knew Peter. They knew the acts that he was doing. They knew on the day of Pentecost, he preached the sermon that 3,000 people got saved. He knew when when a crippled man walked across the road, when he was at the the temple, when he walked across the road, and Peter said to him, rise and be healed, pick up your mat in the name of Jesus, he rose. He knew, they they knew when he was in front of the Sanhedrin and they were trying to trick the believers that he was the one that stood at the attention and in the face of adversity and said, no, you're not gonna do that. That's why they chose Peter. They knew him. You know what comes down to this? I believe we have the greatest influence when we, when we are just doing what God's called. When you do you. When you're being what God's called you to be. You have gifts and talents that he wants to use in the service of others. And I'm encouraging you, salt and light. That's the that's sermon on the Mount. That's what Jesus is saying. You be salt and you be light. And I'm, incur- I'm encouraging you. Pursue your gifts. Figure out. Take a class, get in an access group, get online, figure out what, the, what they are and do something. It's interesting, 16, almost 17 years ago now, when we first started the church, I was a youth pastor in another local church, Stevens Creek here in Augusta, Georgia. And um, they sent us out as a team. And as they sent us out as a team, I was trying to figure out who I was. So one week, um, you know, senior pastors, first time I've ever done it. Uh, one week I'm, I'm listening to Andy Stanley and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be Andy Stanley this morning. So I, I, I sat in my chair in a certain way and we had a TV in a certain way and we, we did everything and I read a certain passage and I was trying to be Andy Stanley. The next week, I had watched Joel Osteen. And so I was gonna try to be Joel Osteen the whole time, the whole message. I had this big smile on my face. And the following week, I, I came across this guy named T.D. Jakes. And, and here's the problem. I, I'm not neither big nor an African-American, but I tried to be T.D. Jakes. And I remember walking into Lewiston Elementary School, that's where we were meeting. And I remember God telling me, I need you to be you today. I need you to be Bobby Smith. And he literally said, I already have an Andy Stanley. I already have a Craig Rochelle. I already have a T.D. Jakes. I already have a Joel Olstein. What I need is a Bobby Smith. Let me encourage you. Don't try to be somebody else. Peter, they knew who Peter was. That's why they chose Peter. If there was another circumstance, they could have chose someone else. And you know what else? We need to do whatever God's called us to do with excellence. I love the way Romans chapter 12, verse six says, "'Having gifts that differ according "'to the grace given to us, let us use them.'" Let us take those gifts. If it's prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, the one who teaches in, in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes and uses the generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does the acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Whatever it is, do you be what God's called you to be. I love the way Brooker T. Washington said, excellence is doing the common thing an uncommon way. That's something that's kind of rare in our world. We're used to doing the common thing in the common way, the way everybody else does but as salt and light in the world we live in, we should be doing it in an excellence way. Here's the second thing. I want everybody to grab this today. Write this down, kind of of put this maybe, you know, somewhere where you'll see all the time. Being an influence doesn't always mean that you're seen. It doesn't always mean that that people are gonna notice what you're doing. It doesn't always mean that you're gonna get even some recognition for it. Many times the best things never even get recognized. Watch this, verse 39. So Peter rose and went with them and when he arrived, They took him up to the upper room. All the uh, the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside. Listen, you can't stay in here. You can't stay in here. And knelt down after he had cleared everybody out of the room. After everybody was left, it was just him and the Holy Spirit and this dead woman, Dorcas. He kneels down next to the body. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opens her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, they presented her alive. Could you imagine that moment right there? But you know, in this, it's interesting to me that Peter sent everybody out in the room. Like we don't change a diaper in our house. We don't don't, don't cut our grass without it being plastered all over social media. Every little thing we do, we have to make sure everybody knows we're doing it. I said last week, and I actually said this to our staff I'm so proud that so many of the things that we're doing as a church, nobody is ever seeing. They, they don't know that we're feeding people downtown. They don't know that Pastor Keith and, and April and Kathy have been down there with that food truck riding around Sherwood area giving food. They don't know that things are going on at Lakeside High School or Columbia County schools are calling us. They don't know it. You know why they don't know it? Because that's not why we do what we do. I think about all the times, even this morning. As I was getting ready for this message, all the times I hear Justin Martin and Eric and Lindsay and Austin and and Brody and, and Jocelyn upstairs, their office is right above mine. And this morning, the worship set that you heard, I heard them practicing. I heard Justin Martin on his keyboard practicing. He was doing something in private because it was about to let loose in public. But until the private is taken care of, man, I think about JSM camp, I had the privilege uh, about four weeks ago to JSM middle school camp. And I got there and when I got there, it was one of the finest, most fluid things that I've ever seen. I mean, kids were running all over the place and they were middle school students, they were crazy. But man, I thought about the hundreds, maybe thousands of man hours it took to make sure that those kids had a great time. The week before they had 100, almost 100 high school kids. You know what, the week they came back, JSM baptized 18 kids, 18 teenagers in this place. 18, you didn't even know that. They were doing it in secret. That's how we do stuff. How about, I, I was thinking about Second Saturday. Most people that come to our church don't even know what's Second Saturday. Second Saturday is the food distribution where we, where we, 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 we give food to hundreds of families in Augusta, Georgia. <laughs> Think about how much prep that goes in to Journeyland. They've been doing videos every week while we're, in this moment right now where we're doing video church, every week there's a there's a fort challenge, there's this challenge, there's that challenge, that the hundreds of hours, I think about the prep that's gone just so we can continue to do church and the people that are helping out so we can do church. And you know why everybody does it? Everybody that we come in, you know why they do it? Because they wanna influence people for Jesus. I have a friend of mine that was asked to be on the set of the Clint Eastwood movie that was recorded here in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, the movie was called The Mule. He sat there for eight hours. And I was asking him a question. I was talking to him about it. And I was like, so how many, how many hours of like, that's the film was only two hours and it wasn't that great. But I mean, like for two hours, like so you did eight hours for two hours. He goes, no, we did eight hours for three minutes. Three minutes. I said, all of that was behind, all of that was behind the scenes. So much of what's done in the church world should be be done behind the scenes. Being an influence requires us to be behind the scenes with the preparation. What happened in Joppa that day, when Peter healed Dorcas, when she was raised from the dead, it wasn't that moment, that few seconds where he laid hands on her, where he knelt down by the bed. It was the hours upon hours of traveling with Jesus, understanding the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the hours upon hours upon hours of him understanding the heart of Jesus and learning about who Jesus was and learning about the power of God that was gonna resonate through his life. If you watch any type of sports, uh, I've been watching lots of reruns on the NFL channel and watching football games. And I'm amazed at how these quarterbacks, well, Matt Ryan, or you know, maybe Drew Brees, or Tom Brady, or Peyton Manning, or John Elway, how they can take a 40-yard pass, and that guy's right at the right place every time. You know why? Because they've run that play thousands upon thousands of thousands of times for one play, one play. And then when we miss it, a lot of us are sitting in seats because we're armchair quarterbacks, and a lot of us are guys. We think, well, I could have made that. No, you couldn't have. You've never practiced. You can't even fit in the uniform. What what would happen if we put that much importance? Let me me throw something out. If it's important, if ministry is important, if being an influence, if being salt and light is important, we should do our best at everything God tells us to do. And what's that mean? How do you you become your best? Let, Let me tell you how. You pray, you study, you train, you practice. You do it again. You, you, you pray, you study, you train, you practice. And you do it when nobody else is seeing it. You do it in that secret place. You do it in your car. You do it in your, your bedroom. You do it when nobody else is looking. And then, then God will bring the light and allow the things that he's got in your life, the gifts in your life, to kind of come front and center. This is the way Ecclesiastes challenges us in nine, chapter nine, verse 10. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. If there's no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol, to which is going on or which you are going. He said, whatever you do, listen, if you are called to children's ministry, do it with all your might. If you're called to be a teacher, do it with all your might. Do it as the be, do, be it to be, do it to be an influence for Christ. And it leads me to the last thing today. I want you to write this down. Your greatest influence is right where you are. When I was growing up, my grandfather used to take us to the Inlet And we used to do a lot of fishing. My grandfather had an old wooden boat. It was called a Chriscraft. And I remember we were sitting on the back of his boat one day and there was a lighthouse called Barnegat Lighthouse and it was out a little ways. And every day I would wake up, maybe early, I'd see that lighthouse. And that night before I went to bed, that lighthouse was right there. my, My grandfather, with his limited wisdom, kind of stating the obvious, he said, you know that lighthouse never moves. Like, no kidding. But you know, that's kind of sat with me for a while because so many times we think our best work is we're gonna go here for a while, we're gonna go there for a while, we're gonna do it over here and we're gonna do it over here. Lighthouses never move. And that's what he says in verse 42. I love this. This is a truth that we need to grasp onto. And it became known throughout all of Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And watch this, what a great truth. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon the He stayed there many days. See, I I, I feel like most people are looking for the next big thing and maybe the next big thing is staying right where you are. I have known business people. I know a lot of them. I know some guys literally get a job a year. I I have a couple people I know that have gone through several jobs in the last just couple years waiting for that next big moment, that next big raise, that next big... That that, that, that commission is a little bit more over here. And you know what I found out? Most people, when they get there, it's not as great as they thought it was gonna be. I, I've known so many people that could have been so useful in the kingdom doing great exploits if they would just commit to one place. I have a friend of mine, he's a worship pastor. He's been to 10 different churches in seven different years. Seven years, 10 different churches. What would happen if he stayed at church one? I know there's all kinds of different reasons people leave. But what would happen? What would the influence be? Uh, I, in, in, in Augusta journey, in the 16 and a half, almost 17 years, 17 years this October, we've been doing ministry here in Evans. There have been dozens of different ministries that have come in and out of our community. They've started ministries, they've started some type of work, they started doing some type of uh, you know event or maybe maybe, you know, a project. And we've offered, they, they've come to our building. They can kind of hang out with us. They can do all kinds of different things. We've, we've some of these church plants, we've we said, listen, you can use our building on Saturday. You can use our building on Friday nights. And, and not all of them, but many of them, what I've found out, many of these groups, they stay for a little while and then they left. You know why? You guys know why. Work is much harder in ministry than people think it is, isn't it? It's hard. I remember the first years. I remember loading in and out at Lewiston Elementary School. I I remember watching my kids do children's church in a music room. I I remember Sunday school. They had a Sunday school class. That's when we had Sunday school. Sunday school, they had it in the hallway on a cafeteria table. I remember our little prayer area was actually where where the the teacher's lounge was. That's where we would pray. And then God blessed us with a place called Patriots Park. And I remember in Patriots Park where my kids, my kids got taught the basics and the fundamentals of Jesus Christ in a racquetball court. You wanna talk about loud. I remember the trailers. I remember unloading chairs. I remember the days before this location. I remember the 60 days after we moved in here, renovating this place so God can do what he was gonna do. I remember JMU. Y'all remember JMU? That was, Jer- I think it was Journeyland Mobile Unit or something. That's when we were in the process of, I remember having to take kids over to this, oh. So many people have the potential to be an influence. The reason why we have influence in this community is because we stayed. I think the people in our community have figured out we're not going anywhere. And that's because God says we do our best work right where we are at. You make a difference in your home. You make a difference in your workplace. You make a difference in this church. You make a difference in the community that you live in. And I wanna challenge you. It's different, it's weird. We're connecting more socially now. I'm already tired of Zoom meetings, but I challenge you, become light, become salt. Matthew five thirteen. you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, How shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world, not will be, not can be. You are the light of the world. A city on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it underneath a basket so it's hidden, but on a stand so everyone can see it. It gives light to all in this house. In the same way, in the same way, journey. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory. That's why, give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Let let me challenge you. I'm gonna challenge you, it's different, but invite somebody to church. Next week, we're gonna be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're gonna have social media blitz. We're gonna have some digital invites. I'm gonna encourage you, send those out. Not so we can brag about our numbers, but that one person can come to know Jesus Christ, I encourage you. If you have like the ministry of hospitality, what a great time. Tell somebody I'm bringing you a meal, put it on the porch and leave. Do something. If your gift is encouraged, write a letter. This morning I got up early and I just started writing. I was praying for our elders in our church. I was praying for our staff. I was praying for people around us. And I just started writing notes today. And I started saying, I just want you to know, during this stuff, I, I can't hug your neck. I love to hug your neck, but I want you to know how much I love you. You know, the people that are behind me, so many times we think that you guys are great worship leaders and you're fantastic worship leaders. But sometimes we don't give you the credit. You're also people of influence in our community. You're people that really take this responsibility seriously. And I thought, what better way to kind of communicate this to people, the couple thousand people that are watching this, how we can influence, how you are influenced. Eric, how are you during this just crazy time, how are you influencing people?
0: Yeah, so one of part of my job uh, here at the church is actually running the social accounts, running the website, running the app. And right now that's obviously like a super important piece of what we're doing because that is what everyone sees even on a Sunday is kind of what is happening online. So I'm trying to help make sure people are in the know that people stay connected. Um, But for me personally, I'm not super personally active on social media. Um, And so one of the things like you said is just kind of the encouragement, the personal touch points. for people who are on our teams or maybe people friends family that we can just text and be like hey how are you doing but how are you really doing and just kind of seeing what's going on with them as we're all trying to navigate something that we haven't seen in our lifetimes um and so, especially with our younger like, students, uh, college-age students, middle and high school, just trying to help them navigate
1: this crazy season, so. Yeah, we don't have an asterisk. There's not an asterisk because there's COVID virus, you know, coronavirus, that we don't have to do anything. You know, that scripture we're reading in Matthew chapter five doesn't say hey, asterisk unless the world is going crazy. He tells us we have to be an influence. I thank you for not just your work stuff, but I hear the stories. Last night, as a matter of fact, I woke up this morning and I don't see you tweet very much but you were, I guess we were on your Twitter account sometime last night, and it was the Waymaker song, and like, I woke up at four o'clock this morning, 4.30 this morning to that, and I was like, I needed to hear in the midst of the craziness that he's still my Waymaker, so thank you. You're influencing me. That's amazing. Lindsay, how about you? How are you being an influencer? Or maybe for you, it's something different.
2: Yeah, through this time, I've had to um, almost go back to the basics and make sure that um, I was keeping in check what influenced me, um, like you were saying, the things that happen in, in private, they pour out in public and um, I've had to be very intentional about what I'm listening to, what um, I'm letting soak into my soul um, and so I've been holding on to scripture and um, practicing something I haven't done in a while is just writing out scripture, getting a getting a journal, getting a notepad and not just reading it once and passing over, it, but writing it out so I can think about every word that um scripture says that i can hold on to every single detail of what god has promised in my life and um so that's been something that that when i when i hold on to that personally um and let that influence me i can i can let it outpour into others and encourage people as i'm um checking on them and those different things has there
1: been one scripture that just has both of you has there been a passage of scripture that's kind of been your life verse for this period of time in your life
2: yeah, one of um, mine has been Psalms 28, um, and is from the Passion Translation, so it's a little, a little um, amplified, but it's so encouraging. It just says, "But may Your name be blessed and built up, for I, You have answered my passionate cry for mercy. You are my strength and my shield from every danger. When I fully trust in You, I can believe that help is on the way." I jump for joy and burst forth with ecstatic, passionate praise. I'll sing songs of what you mean to me. You will be the inner strength of all your people, the mighty protector of all the saving strength of all your anointed ones, keep protecting and cherishing your chosen ones and you, they will never fall like a shepherd going before us. Keep leading us forward for carrying us in your arms. That's amazing. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, for me, uh, actually comes from Psalm 27. Uh, so the chapter right before, and it's just verse four. It says, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And when we go through seasons where life doesn't really make sense, where kind of our foundations for life, whether that's financial or whether that's the plans that we may have had, um, when those things are taken away, it kind of exposes where our confidence is. And just being able to come back and say like, I want my confidence to be in the Lord because I've spent time in his presence.
1: I've spent time um, with him in the house of the Lord. What's interesting, we were talking the other day about how this has changed your culture. Epidemic changes cultures. And you can see it all through history. And we were talking about exactly that. And it was just how it's changing you guys. And it's interesting because it led me to my verse 23rd Psalm. And it's really just the first part. And I think about what David, this is David's epitaph. I mean, this is what is said. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I want, all that I need. And in these moments here, that's where I've been running to as an influence. But that means that there's other people that are feeling the same way I feel. Justin, what's been for you? How, how have you been able to, in this navigate influence? Well, for for me,
3: I'm, most of the circles of sphere that I influence is when I'm out and about, when I'm at the gym, when I'm sitting at Rudy Coffee Shop, when I'm going, you know, out to Target or whatever, and I run into people, normally it's, it's people I meet here, but and people that just haven't got a chance to know, but that's usually my sphere, and since I don't have that, um, I've been able to try to reach out to these kind of close group of guys that I have that are kind of my accountability partners and spiritual uh, kind of accountability partners like Eric and uh, Justin Gray, there's a bunch of guys, so while we haven't been able to kind of sit and really be with people we're still trying to make sure we're challenging each other and really making sure you're reading and we're reading and what are you reading and making sure that we're growing Um, but I think the greatest thing that's come out of all this is that my spirit home between my family uh, my kids and my wife um, me and my wife work a lot like everyone else does and they're gone at school so much so the time that I've got to spend with them has been unbelievable now like they get up in the morning and They can find me in my quiet time, which I normally do at work. And then we get to go right into a conversation about, you know, that we need Jesus. They get to see you as a parent really searching His Word in these times. I think it's very, very, very important. And I wouldn't have gotten that time in those moments without this going on. And uh, this last Sunday, we did home church, right? That's the thing now. Everyone's quarantined. So... Um, normally Sundays are pretty. I'm pretty spent after all this. It's beautiful and wonderful, but I'm I'm pretty spent after a couple of services. So we gather around the piano and we worship together, sang four or five songs, and then um, we actually did some kids songs and did some motions. It was fun. And then um, so yeah, children's
1: church and everything. Absolutely, yeah, oh, well, like yeah. It. Well, with Melissa That's there. Awesome. Yes,
3: it's children's church too. And then um, we decided to do a study on um, Mark uh, chapter four, verse thirty-five, where Jesus is and his apostles are preaching, and they get in this water. The water's still. And Jesus gets in the boat with him and he falls asleep. And yep. as soon as they start going across this water, a hurricane comes, right? And the, the apostles just freak out, even though the same Jesus who is in the boat with them when the water is still, is still in the boat. And uh, so I'm gonna read a little bit of that. It's, I love this part. So, the, so they're freaking out, right? And so they wouldn't wake up Jesus and says, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he woke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And so the lesson I was trying to get across to my kids was that we have to choose faith, not fear. That Jesus is with us when the water's calm. That same Jesus that has the power to literally calm the waves with his very breath is with us in the storm.
1: And in the comments, so. It's interesting because I actually posted that, um, I think it was week one of it, and it was, it came from a funeral service that I did, and I, I remember I wrote in it, and I was like, this was not the most eloquent prayer, but it was probably the most effective prayer. Lord, do you not care that we're perishing? Think about that for a second. That, it wasn't these and vows, it wasn't church words, it was, do you not even give a rip that we're going to die? <laughs> And in this moment, I think that's where we should be. It's interesting. You're influencing people in your family. You're making sure that yourself, you're being influenced so you can be a good influence. And you're influencing the world and that group of people. And it all comes down to one thing. I know we're gonna sing a song. You're gonna lead us in another worship song, but I'm gonna pray first. But it comes down to knowing Jesus. That's what it comes down to. We cannot be an influence in the people people's lives around us unless we know Jesus personally. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. And I just have a feeling that there's some people that are watching this that right now they're feeling, they're feeling overwhelmed. And I I pray, I love the passage that Justin just read. I pray that they would run to you when the storm, but they would understand there's people around them that are going through a storm also that need to be led to a certain place. That's how we're salt and light in the world we're living in. God, I pray for people right now that need that relationship with Jesus, the son of God. And I pray that they would have a conversation with you right now, asking you to take the rightful place as the one that calms the storms in our lives, the one that calms the storm of sin in our lives. God, just thousands of years ago, Hosanna, 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 blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We know that a week later, there was a thing called Good Friday, you went to the cross. But we also know as believers that Sunday came and you rose from the grave. And that's the hope, that's the beginning of our lives we thank you that we can be an influence. We pray that we would be an influence in the world we live in, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for
0: listening today. If you need prayer or help talking about your next step, email our team at
1: journeycommunity.net.